everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Flag podcast. I am here with my co-host, Tom Nugent. Nuge? Knives by Nuge? What's up, dude? No, everything. I just got back and uh, from deer camp. And you know when like you go away on vacation and then you have – you didn't like just get the week off. You now have two weeks worth of work to do in the one week that you're at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's joys, <laughs> the joys of small business ownership, my friend. <laughs> yeah. it's At least at the last job, I was talking with Lord about this earlier. It's like I just was off like patrol for a week and then just came back to patrol. But And that was it. Like I had some emails to read or whatever. But it wasn't like – this where I'm like, oh, now you have to play catch up, especially before the holiday season, which is it's a good problem to have, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's just it's what it is. I mean, you know, for those of you who don't know, my wife had a spinal fusion this week and uh, I'm in the hospital waiting for her, you know, get out of surgery and I'm writing an article <laughs> and uh, coming up with podcast topics and all that other stuff. So it's like, yeah, there's unfortunately when it comes to small business ownership, there is no rest for the weary. No. Uh, and especially in a time where it's go season, like the holidays, which is, yeah, yeah. I thought I was over prepared for the holidays. And that seems to actually not be the case because my website is pretty much sold out of everything. Oh, and it's wow. Like, you sold all your knives. I'm so, oh, feel no. so bad for you. Oh, <laughs> but it's like, also it's like, I have a whole pile of emails saying, when are you restocking? When are you restocking? Like yeah. I was doing my best. If anybody's listening to not check my emails while I was sitting in a stand, because I was trying to actually enjoy myself out there. And uh, now I'm looking at all these. I'm like, oh, boy, I got a lot of knives to make. Um, <laughs> so I got a couple of special things I need to finish up and kind of like, you know, wipe the dust off and get back into the groove of everything. And then next week is starting Monday. It's just going to be a grinding bonanza of wickets and wicket XL. So we're probably going to have more of those rock textured wickets in both the standard and the XL size coming out. And then we're going to try to refill the CNC ones because those are all sold out. So I'm going to do my best to get those wickets back on the website. And then we'll see because I'm leaving on the 19th. So the last day uh, anything's going to ship, I think, is the 18th of December. And realistically, you're not going to get your order if you order it after that anyway. So like unless you like live down the road from me. And also, I'm not going to be here. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I'm going to Alabama. So. Hey, it's going to be warm, hopefully, for the holidays. It was 20 degrees there yesterday, apparently. Oh, so. well. <laughs> just like when we were in Georgia. It just Every did. time the New England people or the, the Northeastern people go to southern states, we bring the cold with us. It's yeah, the way. What, what joy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's going to be nice because I haven't seen Lauren's family in like over a year and change at this point. So it'll be nice to go down there and see them for the holidays. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. I don't know what we're doing yet because, you know, it's all going to depend on my wife yeah. and her healing. And right now she's uh, she's, she's all drugged up and she was talking about <laughs> – it was really funny because she was uh, she was trying to get up before and she's like, maybe I should put my rubber clogs on first. And I'm like – Rubber clogs? What is she? Clogs? Is she Dutch? (laughs) I was like, your Crocs. And she's like, yeah, my Crocs. And I was like, well, technically you're not wrong. They are rubber clogs. But I don't think I've ever heard someone refer to a Croc as a rubber clog before. (laughs) So I was like, I am definitely going to tell tell people about this on the podcast. And she gave me her okay. Are you wearing your rubber clogs? (laughs) I am am currently wearing my rubber clogs. You know, this like the world is becoming more like idiocracy every day because the the Crocs were a thing in the movie where people were so lazy to tie their shoes, so they made slip on rubber shoes. Yes, and And that was part of the movie. 
And now yeah. here we are. And it, it's the absolute truth because every morning Today. I take my, my son out to the bus and it's like 22 degrees and my feet are cold. And I'm like, well, I should, probably should have put on shoes and not these Crocs. But you'd learn that lesson, but no. <laughs> no, no. You got anything else going on, or you just? Yes, I do. I have um, tomorrow, which is today. If you're listening to this, the 2023 holiday KPL gift guide is going to be live on their blog, and it's a it's a big one this year. I really, uh, I really packed yeah, it out with some really awesome stuff. So I highly recommend you guys go check it out and uh, get some gift ideas. So if you're looking for a uh, gift for your EDC or uh, knife or outdoor enthusiast person in your life. There's plenty on there, and if you just want to get yourself something, you could do that too. Be self-care. selfish. It's be toxic. Thing. It could be toxic. It's not toxic. It's self-care. Self-care <laughs> is important. <laughs> Buy yourself something. <laughs> yeah, do the thing. So yeah, so that's that's basically all I got going on right now. Um, other than that, I'm taking care of my wife and uh, having a grand old time. Well, I've realized that since I haven't started a fire in the shop in so long, it was. Ice cold oh, yeah. <laughs> today, and even though like this morning I've just been playing catch up with like orders and next up is emails and everything, I've been making sure to have that fire going in there because you can imagine when it was like twenty degrees in there this morning, all those tools are twenty degrees, so it is going to take <laughs> yeah. a hot minute for all that steel to warm up. Yeah, Cause, oh yeah, because. Like, Getting your hands on cold steel is pretty much the worst feeling on the planet. <laughs> That's why I'm hoping Monday when I have all this grinding to do, I'm like, please be warm. Please be warm. Because I, I went grind all the stuff now. So like my hands, like last time I did it was, I think it was like 20 something degrees. And I saw the fireplace going, but still it's like, it's, it's cold. And I was using the sink water from inside to fill up the water jugs for the mister. So it was nice and like warm. And I was like, okay, this is at least nice. Instead of using cold <laughs> tap. Yeah, well, it is going to be December, so I think you're pretty much screwed on warp fit. Well, so. good, because that means hopefully we'll have an ice fishing season this year, which would be <laughs> nice. Like I, the past, I think so. I think it's, so. It's getting there. The past couple of years, we haven't really had – we had one day of good ice last year, which just happened to land on Lauren's birthday, which was – she was thrilled about that on our birthday. I went <laughs> ice fishing with five of my buddies on the lake. She was super happy about that one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think this year, I mean, the lake's already starting to freeze up, which is nice. So hopefully we'll be able to have that. I was talking to bark eater. He's already got ice up North. So might be having to do a run. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be good. We had, we had two days last year where I seen guys out on the lake, uh, ice fishing. But other than that, we really didn't have too much solid ice. It was really very warm last winter. So yeah, which hopefully, hopefully it's just cold and miserable. So you guys can hear me bitch about that. Yes, but also ice fishing. So yes, you know, it silver was, lining, always a silver lining. It was cold this week. My cheeks are still red <laughs> from the cold wind. Oh my god! Yeah, how? Uh, what was it? About eight degrees up there? Yeah, it was about eight degrees in the mornings, and then there was wind, nice. and it was there was actually even snow squalls at one point. And yeah, 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 we had yeah. some of those up here too. It's like you're just like, what am I doing? I can't even see. <laughs> like, and also yeah, well, you know, as, the deer aren't up either. Says, Type two fund. <laughs> it definitely was. That was definitely something interesting. Cause I mean, for those who don't know, I just spent like a little under a week up in Pennsylvania doing some deer hunting, which is fun. It was a nice little getaway. I've always wanted to go um, to this uh, camp, but the guy that invited me, we actually used to both work at old, uh, the police department together and we were on opposite shifts always. 
And as you can imagine, a lot of guys all take off for opening week of gun season mm, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So being the lower man on the totem pole, I didn't normally get those days off. So we, I could never go because I was always working while he was out there, or vice versa. But this year, since we both quit that shitty department, um, we both had the time <laughs> to go, which is great. I mean, nice. just quit, 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 quit your job, and then you can do fun things. Yeah, um, yeah, so. Like work 24-7 <laughs> every day. Um, <laughs> but no, it was nice because I got to go out. And it's just like, you know, eight or nine guys hanging out at the house, you know, farting and drinking whiskey and stuff like that. You know, deer camp stuff. And it was slow though. It was very slow this past week because we had a full moon and boy, like you didn't need not need any light at night to see. And that did not help our situation because even with that cold, which would normally put the deer on their feet in the morning and in the afternoon, they were probably out all night long moving around. So they were probably bedded out hiding from the weather during the day and also hiding from the hunters because yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone out in gun season in a while because normally I do mostly bow hunting, especially in Jersey because it opens up in like September in some zones. So like you could pretty much hunt New Jersey for deer from like September to February if you wanted to, if you were in the right zones. But um, gun season in Pennsylvania is something else. That's for damn sure. I was not used to all the bullets being fired. I'm like, oh boy, that's a lot yeah. of rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it was good. I mean, I got a doe, which was nice because we didn't get anything other than that pretty much. So I was happy to be like the only one who actually shot one, which cool. was nice. Well, but, you uh, and you got one. You got one a couple couple weeks ago, right? Or a week ago. Yeah. So now I got about like sixty pounds in the freezer, which was nice. good. Nice. And uh, it's I mean, it's just me and Lauren at the house, and I eat more of it than she does. But that's like my main protein source. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I love having antlers on the wall, but like at the same time, I also love having a full freezer. That's, I like food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me priority, too. Priority is a full belly. And oh. also after four days of sitting in eight degrees and us not seeing – and the first day, of course, you're like, all right, eight-pointer bigger. Don't shoot anything else. Yeah, We're yeah. The, and then like the last day, I was like – I texted like there was a group chat. I'm like, hey, I got a doe right here. It doesn't look like the biggest doe in the world. And like all I got were like death emojis and stuff like that just ain't kill <laughs> yeah. and we'll i'm like anything at this point amazing what happens after uh four days of sitting in the cold and not seeing shit now the standards yeah, changed yeah. i felt bad for one guy because uh he's a newer hunter and uh doug he uh had a six pointer like perfect shot on it close and they told him to let it pass and then now afterward they're like yeah, we probably uh, should have. <laughs> for him, he still would have liked it because he's never really been out there that much. So he's like, yeah, for me, that's still a big deer. Um, but it was a good time. And it was like, you know, when like you just have the feeling like you need to move and do something different and you just get those gut feelings. Also, that day I shot that doe it was when we were having like 30 mile an hour plus winds and snow squalls. And I the tree stand that I went in, uh, hap- the tree was broken. Um, but nobody noticed it beforehand because it wasn't as windy. But then when my fat ass got up there and they we started having squalls roll in, I started hearing something like it was smacking the tree. And it was one of those trees that like why <laughs> out. And I'm yeah. like, is there like a board tied to a rope behind me or something? And then I started like, you know, when like it's bad when you're already pre-planning your jump out of the tree stand because <laughs> yes. the tree's going to go down. Yeah. You're like, uh, you know, this is yeah. a life or death situation now. <laughs> and then I'm like, then you also think, why am I up here? And then I started looking around more and I saw that there was a split going down one of the main beams of the tree. Ooh. 
And I'm like, yeah. oh, that is not something smacking the tree. That is the tree itself trying to tear apart. Mm-hmm. It was a twisted curly maple. Yeah. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh. Ooh. And I'm like, this thing is, and then as I got further down, I looked at the base and you could start seeing the rot. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. the only thing holding this thing together are ratchet straps from the yes, tear stand. Basically. I'm like, because I got down to look, I'm like, what is smacking the back of that tree after I got down? And there was nothing. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that was the tree cracking. Well, you know what, though? But I mean, we talk about this all the time, but that is why situational awareness is very important. And if you get those feelings, just go with them, you know? Just go. And it worked out because I already had a plan in case I didn't like the spot to go to another stand. And that was all the way across the field. And it was like maybe like a half hour to light by the time I got out there. And it's like a snow squall. And the problem, too, is like I was all layered up for sitting in the woods for like the past three and a half hours and eight degrees of snow squalls. And so now I had to walk across the field, <laughs> yeah, like probably like a thousand yards. And it's just like, oof, duh. And then you're just walking and walking and walking and you're starting to really build up a lot of heat. But, you know, it's like, I'm like, I got a half hour left of light. If I start sweating in this, I'm, I'm going back to the house anyway. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. And I, they would actually have like a tower built where they used to shoot. Um, I almost went on that thing. But uh, just to get a full like overview of the entire field and you'd be able to see everything from up there. But then also like I'm using a rifle that isn't mine because my scope was just shot. So I you borrowed one of theirs and it's like only got like a two by seven on it. I've never really shot this thing before. I can't feel my hands on it. And I'm like, I'm really going to go set up for a <laughs> for a potential like 500 yard shot on a deer with a gun I've never used. I'll pass on that. Yeah, probably and a good idea. Ended up going to the stand that I originally wanted to go to. And then the, de- the deer were so tightly bedded down that as I got up and I started looking around and I saw like the movement right behind my deer stand. And I'm like are you fucking serious? And then there was just a doe just bedded down, like maybe like 40, 50 yards from me that I was not being quiet walking to that stand. And there she was just sitting there. I'm like, oof, well, that's kind of, that's kind of lucky. <laughs> glad I made, glad I made that move other than sitting in the, poten- <laughs> the, the potential death stand that I was in. <laughs> so I'm glad I made the march out there and ended up getting a good shot on it. Just drilled it right through the heart. So that was good, but it was actually, I was worried at first that I missed because there was zero blood and you figure you shoot a deer with 30 odd six or 50 yards that you you know have some significant yeah. damage going <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. on there <laughs> like but they around. well at 50 yards too but uh what ended up happening is you know there's gonna graphic warning so maybe skip forward 30 seconds if you don't like this stuff um it the exit wound like plugged itself with actually a piece of its lung so yeah. <laughs> it was a very small entrance wound and then bullet obviously carries stuff with it as yeah. it goes through. Yeah. And then the lung plugged up the exit hole. So it was bleeding all internally. Yeah. But then I get off my stand. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I knew I had a good shot on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Where? What? I mean, at, at 50 yards, I would, I would hope you'd have a good shot. <laughs> well, Nick, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. I, this, yeah. If I, I know myself at 50 yards. I should have drilled that thing. And then. Uh, what's called the owner of the property came by to give me a hand and he found like the tiniest little speck because also i saw a deer running down the hill like full tilt like usain bolt sprint i'm like oh god damn it like i missed and everything else because they were like one of them was just like standing up and then stopped and then just ran i'm like that is not what a deer who was shot through the vitals does no it does not just stand there and look confused while it lets you it's like no that's not what they do 
And so in my head, I'm thinking, I whiffed at 50 yards. I'm that asshole. And, uh, <laughs> and thankfully, the owner, Tom, he came by and he's like, nope, here's a little speck of blood. And it was it already froze. So I couldn't see red. It already like GL the froze. Like, oh, shit, that was fast. And then there it is, like 40 yards from where I shot it. I'm like, oh, OK. So I still got kind of hang of this. So it was a fun time. But, you know, would have been nice to see more bucks but i also think on top of the weather we had it's just the hunting pressure from out there and uh there's a lot of bullets that go flying through the woods yeah during oh, gun yeah, season. I'm sure. yeah, yeah you were there pretty much right at opening too so yeah and it was like you know at some point i thought there was like a firefight going on like i'm like is there two factioning deer camps fighting each <laughs> other right now like what the fuck is going on like who's just sh- popping off these rounds and that's also like why I f- when i first started hunting i only did like one gun season in jersey and then i kind of stopped going out for gun season because there was one week where like, we were out there and these two guys shot at the same bear like 11 times they were just sending slugs down the mountain at this bear and then like my the guy i was with his uncle who's i think like 70 something you know 80 yards double lung the thing with one shot and then those assholes come by starting to argue with us that they shot the bear and it's like no 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 we we heard you all the way over there you shot shooting the bear yes (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the bear you shot at or in the general direction of said bear this is the bear he shot. There's a big difference between shot and shot at. Yeah. And then I was like, and given that year during pheasant season, I had a guy shoot, uh, and it was just birdshot, but still like birdshot close enough to your head will still, you know, <laughs> not be good. Um, yeah. Be using your head as a bowl afterwards. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, and I had choice words with him because he shot right over my head at a bird. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, what pheasant is worth that? But these are just people that aren't, you know, I guess maybe they just don't have the experience with these bad things happening or just neglect. Um, yeah, I care. mean, you know, you 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 say, you know, lack of experience and neglect. And I just say they're fucking idiots. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to candy coat this. And I'm sorry, because I've seen a lot of dumb shit in my lifetime. Like if you have a firearm and you're using that to hunt or for whatever reason you have an obligation to train and be safe and i i don't give a shit i don't i don't want to hear oh i made a mistake oh i didn't know better like if you don't know better you shouldn't be out there with it Mm -mm. so um sorry if that fucking offends anybody but i really don't give a shit (laughs) um well it's also it's like shoot within your means like the we were we were talking about before the podcast. We're even like that shooting post that I was going to go to. I'm like, maybe if I had a better optic and was shooting all year long, and it wasn't a fucking snow squall, sure. And I had actual. I also too, of course, I forgot my. You know when you know you're forgetting something. Um, most of the places I hunt, I don't need binoculars because it's tight, thick areas. Yeah. But like out here, I could have really used some nice knockers. Yeah, more more open and, space. Uh, but I didn't bring them. So I'm like, I don't have my binoculars. I don't like glassing areas with my rifle because say if there's somebody in that area you're glassing, yeah. you are now just pointing your gun at yeah. them. Yeah. It's like when we're on the job and guys would get in trouble for using their weapon mount light as a flashlight while going up to somebody's car. It's like, bro, like <laughs> you just you just flashed your gun at everybody in that car. It's like, Oh, I need the flashlight. It's like, that's not, yeah, that's not the light you use. You know, <laughs> like, I was, I was always taught from the very beginning. Um, and, uh, uh, most of my shooting experience was, was taught to me by my, my father-in-law who was a, uh, Marine in the Vietnam era. 
and you know was a very big proponent of iron sights and and safety and, and all that that stuff and he told me uh from the very beginning you'd never ever point the barrel of your firearm at anything that you do not want to destroy period no excuse no reasons like that's that yeah um so <laughs> you know I just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I've seen a lot of dumb shit. I've spent time pulling, you know, bird shot out of my buddy um, because somebody fucking shot at him, like not on purpose, but, you know, oh, I heard a noise in a bush and thought you were a pheasant. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, did you see the pheasant or did yeah. you just fucking shoot because you heard a noise? Yeah, I know. And- he, he literally heard a noise and turned and shot, and that is fucking dumb. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I'm talking about, though. And, like, I'm not, like... Obviously, with like certain things, like yeah, I don't bring out full kit if I'm going for like a woods walk in the summer or something like that. But when I was out there this weekend, I had on my person the same kit I carried when I was on a job. Yeah, a quick clot, a trauma yeah, bandage, 100%. chest seal, and a tourniquet. That was on my person the entire time. Hundred percent. Not like even going into that last stand when I was up in the tree, I didn't bring my whole bag up because I'm like, I got fucking 30 minutes left. I don't need anything in this bag for 30 minutes. I'll be okay. And but it's like stuff like that, because even that day, like somebody uh, was taking shots across the field it that me and the owner were at. And that (laughs) that was not okay because it was at moving deer and we were on the other side of the fucking field. Right. And the shots right. were going so up the field. So you don't know yeah. if somebody's and it's like pretty much dark. So you don't know if somebody's walking up from the other side of the field done hunting that could there to be, you know, playing catch with your bullet. That's exactly <laughs> it's exactly. And I think also for, for non hunters, this is very something that's very important that I think non hunters need to be aware of is that you need to be aware of when hunting seasons are. And if the places that you are hiking at are hunting locations, because I've seen plenty of people like just wandering like, oh, I'm just out for a hike. I like this place. Okay, but it's hunting season and you're in your typical like outdoor person, green and fucking brown. Yeah, not not a place that you want to be. And if you're going to be there, like make sure you fucking are very well marked as a human being. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like bow season, you can get by because yeah. most of the time you're not spraying and praying with the bow. Um, maybe some people are with compound bows, but also you just don't have that kinetic energy behind it. To yeah, well, even with a compound bow, you're not killing someone at 300 yards. No. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like I still wear orange anyway, just yeah. come any kind of hunting season because it doesn't yeah. hurt. You know, orange doesn't hurt to have on you. Um, but like gun season, it's a it's a different ball game. And you need to be careful out there, especially if you're like you're just camping or hiking, like you said, because I feel like people uh, don't realize this kind of stuff. And, you know, that's fine if that's not something you like to do. But you have to understand it is legal for them to do in these areas. And it's just like doing any kind of research before you go out into an area for the first time. It's like, is this a hunting area? Are people allowed to hunt here? Like, just be aware of that because yeah, I may be ethical, but there's not. That's not all the same. It's not shared. It's not a shared value. Well, exactly. And 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 like we said, there's a lot of stupid stupid people out there. And I'm, you know, like you have to be prepared for that kind of shit. And that's that's why I think preparation and situational awareness in is is is, is paramount. Because if you if you know anything about hunting season or when hunting season is, then you know that either you're going to avoid an area because you know you don't want to like because one trust me like. Some hunter is not going to be very happy if your loud ass hiking self comes back, you know, barreling no, through with no, your big ass not. backpack with shit jingling around with your fucking. Um, so speaker. they're not going to be very happy with you. 
And, uh, and two, it's like, you just don't want to put yourself at risk. I mean, there's plenty of places that you can go hiking that are not open for hunting. So go somewhere else. I mean, that would uh, be my advice. On Thanksgiving, we went out just to uh, Weyweyanda, which is the state park down the road from us. And we just like went there, hang out, had a fire, sit by the water. It's always nice and quiet out there. But also, I, it's deer season out there. And it's like, it wasn't gun season yet, but it's still muzzleloader season and yeah. still bow season. And I'm like, and also it's small game season though. So it technically is firearm season. And yeah. Penny Lou is the size of a fucking rabbit. So like, mm-hmm. She was wearing a bright pink jacket, and I know some people <laughs> yeah. were making would make fun of it, but bright pink is just as loud as hunter orange as, in the woods. Yeah, exactly. so if orange is in your style, go wear pink or something. Like, yeah, anything. I mean, bright blue, bright pink, any bright colors. I mean, I personally don't own an orange shirt, so I, you know, because she, that, but I, she I, runs around. And she's normally pretty good at staying with us, but sometimes she likes to run and chase yeah. squirrels, and you don't know if somebody's out there squirrel hunting and sees her running around, just like mm-hmm. you said. Shoots at movement, and then at least then I would have justification to then fucking place that guy's gun somewhere else on him um, if he shot my dog and just be like, oh, that was a movement I saw. Mm. Oops. <laughs> but, oops. <laughs> yeah, oops. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's like you you just don't – it's a little bit of preparedness can hopefully stop a lot of things that are very bad from happening. So Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I want to go back to the point you brought up before, too, about bringing like the full kit when you go hunting. I bring the full kit when I go anywhere that is firearm related. So even if I'm at the range, because I can tell you that I have been injured, I have been injured at the range more than any other situation that I've ever had. (laughs) Um, And it's mostly from Ricochet and it's usually not my own. So. Um, yeah, but you know, I've gotten, I've gotten a couple nice ricochets into, into my legs and shit at the range and I've had to pull fucking pieces of metal out of them and crap like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's my leg. So thankfully there's yeah. like bones and shit there, but you know, it could just easily been an abdomen or a lung or something like that. And while a ricochet is not going to be as dangerous as an actual live round, it could absolutely so still kill you pretty fast. Um, yeah. So, but it's also going back to knowing what you're doing with these things. Like, yeah. Or even just the fact of having it, because I guarantee you I was the only person out there at the camp, and there's no slight against any of them. It's just that where I'm at, but that had a first aid kit like that on my person because yeah. I just, you know, everybody else is out there with the high speed, low drag, all the high end hunting shit, and it's like, well, who has bandages, like yeah. and stuff like that? Like, who's got this stuff? And it's like, I mean, I don't exactly. Know. Like, who's who's got a tourniquet? Who's got a chest seal? Like, these are really important things that you need to have when you're in these situations. And that's stuff that Hunter's Ed doesn't cover. And also, you no. take you take Hunter's Ed once, and then you're done. And I'm not saying that the state needs to come in and do stuff. It's stuff like this that is supposed to be more educational. And it's probably better to hear it coming from peers than just like have it be like another driver's test you have to fucking take. Because nobody needs the government stepping in to make things better, in air quotes. Um, That always helps. But like it is just like from each other and even doing these kind of camps and stuff. It's like, you know, no, these are things that need to be talked about. And even with like stray shots and stuff or shooting a deer 500 yards away across a field with your gun that you're supposed to shoot maybe a hundred yards away with mm-hmm. and with shooting and hoping you hit the thing that shooting with hope is not as good as yeah, a verified no, it's shot. Not, yeah. It's not what you want to do. And I mean, honestly, like, you know, I, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this on here before, but when I was a teenager, I spent a couple of years working for a taxidermist 
and deer season, you know, was big for us. And I helped out with the tanning of the hides and all that, you know, moving things, butchering and, and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, ultimately like the stories that I heard were from, from the hunters that were coming through were, were so beneficial to me because I learned, I learned a ton, a ton about what not to do because people, you know, people would come in and they were, you know, they, they were just telling us stories about things that happened or we get people that would occasionally bring, uh, bring in deer without tags and shit like that. And, and, you know, we had, we had a game commission waiting for them when they came to pick up their meat and shit like that, you know, and I mean, I guess people got pissed off about that, but you know, at the end of the day, like you're hunting illegally, which is, you know, neither here nor there. I mean, you know, people will make arguments that why does the government need to regulate um, hunting and this and that, you know, and, and we, we were talking about this a little offline, but like you don't get to hunt because we like hunting. We You get to hunt because we've killed off a majority of these animals, predators, and we need to thin their populations, which is why they allow hunting um, in, in this country for the most part. So you don't have to agree with it. I don't, I'm not saying I do or I don't. I'm just saying that is the situation. And, um, as a as a hunter, I, it's your responsibility not not to be an asshole because at the end of the day, like you're ruining it for everybody. Just like just like any, yeah. you know, it's like. <laughs> well, it, that's the stuff that gets us bad raps. Yeah. Like, because not all of us are bubbas out there shooting at whatever moves, but they are out there, and those are the ones that get talked about. Yeah. Not the ones that you know shot once, killed their deer, never caused a fuss up about anything. Those are the, you don't hear those stories because it's like. Okay, good. That you you did the thing you were supposed to. It's yeah. like you hear the stories about the guys taking headshots at deer so they don't ruin any meat, and then they blow off Bambi's jaw, and then eventually Bambi one has now no fucking face, and then two dies of starvation while in pain. Cool, yeah. good fucking job. Like, yeah. and it's like I understand that you don't want to ruin the quote unquote meat, but you probably already can't hit a fucking dinner plate at hundred yards. Oh, what are you doing I, shooting at like something the size of a tennis ball? Dude, I I seen I heard stories. I've seen people go out hunting with AR-15s. Like, yeah, two two three is not or whatever you want to call it five five six two two three. It's all the same shit. You know, it, that's just not an adequate caliber for hunting large animals. Like, yeah, if you were going after after predators or you know varminting, like I have a you know a great um, bolt action Mossberg in two two three. That's perfect for like predators and and varminting and all that bullshit. But it's not great for a deer. Yeah, and there's plenty of people out there that try it. I don't fucking know why. Like, you're just not doing enough damage to to ethically bring down that deer, in my opinion. I'm not and saying that you can't bring down a deer with with two two three because you can, but it's not. It just not needs to be put in the right spot. And I mean, you could kill a deer with a bow, but yeah. it just needs to be put in the right spot. But that's also why come bow season, it's not like bow hunters are now all of a sudden more ethical than gun hunters. Because I mean, myself included, I've wounded deer with bad shots with a bow. Shooting yeah. with a bow is fucking tough. Yeah. That's also why I don't shoot over 30 yards. I try to keep all my shots within 20 if I can. And that's even with like good you now gun season. Like I don't really want to shoot over like a hundred yards. Like it's, if I'm in a blind with a tripod, sure. But if I'm in a sitting position, even in a stand, especially standing up in a field, yeah. I, I'd probably pass because it's not worth missing. And wounding the animal and then now having that on your head. Maybe some people don't care, but I fucking do. Um, and that's just, I don't know. I don't think it's right. And then two, it also doesn't help out the rest of the hunters out there. Because if you're just taking shots at deer and then later on the week, you're like, why haven't we seen any? It's like, no. well, guy, 
with the you know the barrage of bullets you just put right, over yeah, these deer. I, I just unleashed thirteen rounds like and I'm, hit nothing. I'm you know, pretty sure they got the message that gun season is back. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they didn't get the digest, but you lobbing three rounds over their heads probably says, oh, we should go back to that real dense, tight area and not move around these guys. Because even sometimes if you do drives, they'll just stay hunkered down because they know that you yeah. probably can't see them. Well, you know, it's like, it's like anything else. Hunting is a skill and it's more than just having the ability to take the shot. It's it's knowing how to properly stalk your animal, your prey, you know, like whatever it is, or knowing where to wait or knowing when you should pull the trigger and when you should not pull the trigger. And and everything else, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to bring my guns and I'm going to shoot them. You know, like, that's not, that's not really how it works. And it's but, like, you don't have to only go after like, you know, big bucks to do it. Like if you're just going after meat, like I'm doing most of the time, that's fine. But just do it ethically. Like that doe I shot, that, well, at least the last one that I did at camp, like for a while, I thought I was only going to have a headshot on it. And I, you know. I could have taken it. It was, you know, 50 yards, but the problem is it was 50 yards behind my tree. So I'm standing in the stand, swinging around, trying to use the side of the tree as a rest to help keep me steady. And I'm just like, nah, like not worth it. And then eventually, like if I, if this thing walks away and I don't get a shot, I'd rather have that happen than me take a headshot and then potentially wound it like that. Yeah. And then, you know, still not have anything. And eventually I got lucky and it got up and gave me a nice broadside shot. And, you know, I could definitely have shot it in the head if I wanted to. I know my abilities are definitely within that range. I could have. But I mean, clearly because the round went right through the center of the damn heart. I know I can shoot. But also it's like, do you have to take that shot? It's it's not like, you know, there's that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's you could... You know, and and by not taking the shot, yes, you you risked the loss of that kill. But I think personally, I I think that was a risk that was worth taking because, you know, you know, don't don't be an asshole. I keep yeah, saying, but, don't, don't be an asshole. I mean, uh, but like you know, it's it, there's no need to at times, and it's like I know everybody gets desperate, especially when you're freezing your ass off and not seeing anything. And I was kind of there too at one point, but that's you know, you had the angel and the devil, and sometimes you just listen to the angel on your shoulder. Because everybody else already had the devil on their shoulder saying, shoot that doe. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think too, for the most part, what people need to keep in mind, too, is I think for a majority of the people in this country, in the U.S., that shoot, uh, that hunt, this is not a life or death situation. If you don't get this deer, your family's not going to starve. Yeah. You know, so don't don't treat it like it is. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people go, oh, if I, can't, I can't afford to miss the shot. You can afford to miss every shot because you can go to the supermarket, you can buy 15 pounds of ground beef and you can have a great day. You know yeah. I mean? like, and just, just, it's just like anything else. Go within your abilities. Like yeah. my neighbor, before I went out for New York opening day, he was uh, busting my balls because I haven't been shooting all year. And I know I probably should have been practicing more, but I also know my ability and I've practiced a fuck ton before I got on the job where it's like, it's, you know, at this point for certain shots, it's like, you know, point click and I'll be all right. And both of my shots this year were on it, but also both of them were in a reasonable shooting distance for me. I was, yeah. I'm not take like I had another shot and the last day I was hunting where it was about probably 150 yards away through thick cover. And I would have had a window to shoot. And I'm like, nah, no, nah. Unless it just like stopped there and said, Hey, Nuge, I'm over here. please, 
take your time and line everything up and take a poke. <laughs> but it didn't give me the opportunity. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do where, that. Where do you want me? I'll go stand there. <laughs> yeah. And even with my bow, where like I used to shoot like almost every day with my bow when I first started, where I could like we'd have at the range the tennis balls hanging from the strings, where I could turn around, draw down while I'm turning, and shoot that tennis ball at like a, just a not knowing the yardage, just eyeballing it. But I can't do that anymore because I'm not shooting every fucking day. So now I keep my shots within 30 yards now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think, you know, shooting like any other skill is a perishable skill. I'm not saying that you'll completely forget how to to shoot, you know. But if you don't practice like anything else, like you're going to get a little rusty. I mean, you know, it, it also depends. Like, are you comfortable with, with the gun that you're shooting? Because there's, you know... Like I have, I have rifles that are muscle memory at this point for me because I'm super, I've had them for a long time. I'm super comfortable with them, you know, but in this case, I know you said you were shooting with a unfamiliar, um, Yeah, but a gun's, a gun's a gun. Like I, I, at times like, yeah, I, I, like with certain handguns, I could shoot very, very well, but also other ones, like there's like minute differences, like, you know, say with like a shoot, pick up a 1911 versus like a Sigma machine, the sights aren't lining up the same. Yeah. So I may be shooting like an inch or two low because the sights are lined up differently. But like when they handed me this guy's rifle that he's like, oh, this is my grandfather's rifle that he got passed down to them. And I'm like, it's sighted in. They're like, yeah, it's sighted. I'm like, all right, I trust that this thing is actually sighted in. And then it's the same mechanics, like just... Which I'm not going to go into a whole lecture of how to shoot straight, but it's the same function whether you have a, a lever gun, whether you have a gun they bigger, unfamiliar with, even with like pistols, it's all the same mechanics. You're like, yes, a lot of pistols are different, but the basics are still all the same. So if you could, and that's, I used to really be into like firearms and everything else. And then after I was on the job for a while, I just started to realize like, fuck it, whatever you hand me, I'm sure it'll <laughs> yeah, work. Right. Cause yeah. like you got handed guns that weren't like the, High, the, you know, the nicest guns you got handed the gun that was just sitting on somebody's like chair in their patrol car while they're farting on it for like eight <laughs> years. And then they handed it to you and you're like, great. So I guess and like the sights wouldn't be a fucking like the tritium and the sights would be dead and it wouldn't yeah, have yeah. anything else. And it's like we had some guys guns that were actually breaking on them because the parts were so old. So it's like you just you just learn to shoot with what you got. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, I guess so. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm a big proponent of training. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, as, as much training as I've done, I still can't shoot as well as my wife. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she's a she's a crack shot, man. Um, but, you know, it's just, just what it is. I mean, I, uh, there is some science behind that, though. They, they do say that women are typically better shots than men naturally. Um, well, something how I- their brains work. <laughs> also they may be just more apt to wanting to learn yeah um yeah. that's also a thing where a lot of men uh this may be a shocker to some of you guys you fellas listening kind of get set in your ways and can't be told nothing about how to do mm. nothing yeah yeah so it's like when somebody offers you a suggestion of how to shoot better and you say nah it's the gun it's like <laughs> no it's not yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. snap it's not the gun it's not the wind or it's not the Coriolis effect that made it's you miss you. that deer. <laughs> it was you, you shooting over its head. Like shooting high, a little high is like an inch or two, which still yeah. puts you in the breadbasket. Yeah. But, yeah. but when you completely zing it and I see the birds flying away because you just shot at them in the trees. Like, yeah, that's that's more than a little high. 
That's not the gun. Well, you know, and that, that comes down to ego. I think it's just like you can't you can't ever like you can't get. Oh, I'm not good at. Listen, there's plenty of shit out there that I'm not good at. I have no problem telling people I'm not good at it, and that's cool. Yeah. And if you want to get better, you practice. I mean, that, that's what it is. And some there's just some shit that I'm not good at that I say I'm just never going to be good at because I don't want to practice. You know what? That's like for me, making eggs. I can't fucking cook eggs. <laughs> It's a good thing I, I fucking corked, cooked at Georgia Bushcraft then. Yeah, yeah, I can't, and I can cook, and I'm a good cook. And you ask anybody who's eating my food, I, I am, I am a really good cook. Um, but eggs, I really breakfast in general, I just suck at it. I don't know why. It just is what it is, and it's probably because I just never really practice. But yeah, I just don't well, want to put the effort in. No, <laughs> I'll make lunch like, and dinner. Somebody else certain, can make the fucking eggs. <laughs> you can always get better if you put your work into it. Now, granted, if I start practicing every day fucking basketball, am I going to be Michael Jordan? No. no. <laughs> but I probably could get better at free throws. Yeah. Um, but like it's just you put the time into it and then you'll get the return. But you also have to be self-reflective and self-critical enough to realize that you do need to work. Because that's yeah. what happens often is people are like, God, they'll, they'll write it off immediately to something other than you, like you personally fucking up. Where it's like, yeah, that's the first thought that went to my head when I missed that deer is like, I fucking missed. It's not like the gun's not sighted in and this whole yeah, right. thing didn't yeah, yeah. work. I mean, it's like, no, I fucking whiffed. And then lo and behold, I didn't whiff. But like, that's where the, the thought process needs to be. Now you don't have to be like hypercritical of yourself like I am at times because then that's probably not good for yourself either. But it is the way that you actually will improve things if you are looking critically at everything. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, you definitely got to find the balance, but I, I do truly believe that failure is the greatest teacher. And yeah. as long as, as long as that your ego allows you to acknowledge that failure and instead of like lamenting upon it, like I, you know, I, I fuck shit up all the time, you know, and I try not to lament at the failure, but I say, okay, how could I make it so I don't fail next time? Or how can I yeah. make it so I improve upon this next time? And that's that's always been my goal with with anything that I do, any skill that I'm trying to learn or skill that I'm trying to improve, whether it be shooting, whether it be medical stuff, whether it be bushcraft, which I'm you know not Captain Bushcraft, but I like to you know mess around and learn some stuff. You know, like you have to just say, okay, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? How can I make it better next time? Yeah. Um. But, you know, I think like we have and we, you know, it's going to kind of goes back to the whole Instagram thing that we that we always talk about is like people don't post their failures. They post their successes. And then people think that if I'm not successful, I'm not doing it right. They don't realize that the guy that posted that 15 second video of him starting a fire with a twig, you know, had an hour and a half of failures before that or years of failures before he was able to get that good to do it in 15 yeah. seconds, you know. And it's not so, always that fucking easy. Yeah. But that's the Instagram reality versus actual reality. And it's like, you know, just go spend some more time in the woods. Go learn these things. Like even that day that I went out with Lauren on Thanksgiving, I was really wishing that I brought those fire plugs that I said I was going to bring because uh, I'm like, I forgot them. And then at least I saw my Vic on me. But like it just rained the day beforehand. Everything was fucking wet. All the Tinder – all the tinder was yeah. wet. Like, sure, I could have brought out the silky saw and started cutting down woods, batoning <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> sounds a little extreme for Thanksgiving after uh, dinner hangouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're hanging out in the afternoon just trying to get some sun to hang out. I'm like, I'm not going to – and yeah, sure. Like, would it be cheating if I brought some fat wood? Yeah, whatever. I don't fucking care. 
Okay, it's like we're just trying to hang out at the fire. And yeah, or I mean, you could have just brought the blowtorch. I mean, that's that's been a, a proven and effective method for starting fires for yes, you. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> the blowtorch is the way. I mean, dude, I use that every morning to start the fire. I'm not going to be fucking rubbing two sticks together to get the fire going in the morning at the house because it's cold in here. It's cold in the shop. I'm cold. And, you know, blowtorches help making you uncold. They're exactly. they're very convenient, and the guys on Fieldcraft Survival, they uh, on their podcast, they gave me a shout out, which is nice, and it was about the blowtorch because they're talking about how they're trying to get the fire going in the morning, and there I am up before them, standing over a nice ripping fire, and I'm like, yeah, yeah it's nice, yeah, right? Absolutely, but blowtorches are fat wood. Yep, and if to all our listeners, if you haven't listened to the Fieldcraft uh, Survival podcast, it's fantastic. Yeah, Kevin really, does a great really, job with it. Really should check it out. It is super, super knowledge, like so much information, and uh, it's it's entertaining and it, it's great. So definitely, uh, when you're done listening to this one, go. Listen yeah, when to you're that done one. listening to us being being crummy, grumpy <laughs> assholes, telling you not to be an idiot. <laughs> we're, we're definitely grumpier because Heather's not here. So yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, Heather. Heather. Here's, here's another grumpy one. Yeah, Heather. All you guys are idiots, and you don't know shit. Yeah, Heather keeps us positive. <laughs> Heather will be back next week. Yeah, I'm sure, but um. Well, we had to jump on quick on this one anyway because I have a pile. It is like one thirty, and I've gotten a whole lot of zero shop work done because I'm still yes. playing catch up. And even after this, I need to finish packing orders and answer all those emails, and then <laughs> yeah. I'll get in the shop. And so it's going to be a that. long yeah. day. Yeah, and I am I am basically doing this recording in between my wife's medication schedules. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I medicated her. I got I got a good hour that I could I could do this yeah. and then uh, I'll have to go back and I still have to finish writing my article which will be done obviously today when you guys are listening to this podcast but I'm almost done so uh, yeah it'll and, get done uh, yeah so joys and, of us and yeah. thanks for listening to us be curmudgeonly assholes <laughs> well that's kind so, of what we always are so you're it's kind of, of our thing it's kind of our thing so if you're listening to this and this is your first time I assure you every other podcast is just like this except get for the ready. one that Heather's on because they're, they're it, it starts happier. off like this, and then she's happy, and maybe we'll yeah. talk about Hot yeah. Todd or something like that. So, you hot know, Todd. Hot Todd. Um, we got to get Hot Todd on here one of these days. I think that would be a really funny. It would be very spicy. Very spicy podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, on that note, since we've degenerated to complete nonsense, I will uh, say that let's call it a day. Thanks yeah. for listening to us. Give us all them stars. Even though Heather's not here, she appreciates stars. and. We want yeah. her to be happy, so give her stars. I mean, we want to be happy, too, happy. but I know that you don't guys don't actually give a shit about us. You don't have to worry about making one. me happy. It's not worth trying. <laughs> you just <laughs> want to make Heather happy, which is fine. Yeah, make Heather happy. Um, so, yeah, give us some stars. Tell your friends to come listen to our grumpy podcast, and, uh, and that's all I got for you. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will be back next week with more of this. Thanks, don't y'all. Know what, but bye. Yeah, bye.